Hi everyone, this is Heather and you're listening to Simply Healed with Heather Leonard. Today's episode is called How We Determine Success. So I decided to do this episode today because I hear a lot of people feeling like a failure and that's sad to me because I think most of us are having daily successes and the acknowledgement isn't there because we're so solar focused on lack, quite frankly. So let's get into this today, guys. Thanks for joining. So as always, I'm learning more from my children every day. And honestly, I get, think I get my most value in life out of them and watching them and observing how they do things and hearing their words, which are so inspiring. If you really take the time to listen to a young person talk, there's some real gems in there. And this weekend was no exception. As a matter of fact, this weekend put into perspective for me just how strong my children are. So going back to the end of last week, I had... um, I had my youngest having a sore throat, and I also had the touch of a sore throat. So going into the weekend, we had basketball games. We had AAU basketball tryouts. We had a lot going on, a lot of like really active, hard stuff. So it was one of those things where took temperatures, we knew we didn't have COVID, knew we didn't have a, you know, we weren't running fevers. So didn't, by all accounts, didn't seem like we'd be contagious. Um, The smallest touch of a sore throat to me was like par for the course these days. I mean, from the time my kids have been quite little, they've had sort of running allergies. (laughs) I, that's the only thing I can call it. Like my youngest has just had a constant runny nose, itchy nose since the time he was a baby, I think. And, um, and so, you know, I, I kind of brush off almost at this point because I always assumed that they always have some low level of that going on. Well, in the background, what's happening, and, and I didn't know how bad it was progressing. I knew there was a couple kids with it, but um, the basketball team he plays on, the kids were dropping like flies. They were all getting COVID, some of them just getting colds. But um, really, it had moved its way through a large portion of the team, and I thought we had been a lucky few who escaped it. And, um, you know, really a lot of the team was fourth graders and he's in third grade. So I thought, you know, they were having sleepovers together and things like that. And we were sort of in a more of a bubble where it hadn't quite touched the people closest to us, although they do play on a court together regularly. That was about his only exposure. He had done a pretty good job about stopping putting the fingernails in the mouth, which I can't stand as a habit anyway because of the germs. Um, But he had been extra careful. He'd been extra washing the hands. Um, I just thought we had skated by. So, you know, I was kind of of the mindset of like, toughen up, cupcake, (laughs) you know? I didn't say it in so many words, but, you know, I had the mentality and that's sort of the way I've always been is like, we can't use feeling run down as an excuse to not work hard because we all have that, right? We all have those days of just feeling under the weather or low energy or, you know, or sometimes it's just the fact that the work is so hard, you know, it's, it's an easy out if we're not feeling up to par to say, oh, well, I can't participate. So, you know, my whole thing with my kids has always been, no, we made a commitment. We're going to do it. We're going to do our best. I really did not foresee what was to come. So, um, after my son had his AAU tryout is when things really spiked. So, 
I watched the tryout um, in awe watching him really because he was running fast. He was um, making shots. He was blocking shots. He was getting on the ground and scrambling for a ball. But then in between, I saw him like leaning over and putting all his weight on his legs. And where usually he was the first one to hustle to the line, he was kind of like a little draggy about things. And I was like, you know, so then when he was at a distance, what I noticed was he was really doing well. When his team moved closer to where I was sitting on a, on the sidelines is when he kept started looking at me like he even mouthed, I'm dying, I think at one point. I was like, get some water here, you know, like, like but you, like at one point he was in the game when he was like trying to come over towards me and I was kind of like, no, 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 like you can't in the middle of a little scrimmage going on with all of the, um, you know, the coaches are judging these kids to sort of decide who's going to make the team and not. This is a one day tryout, one opportunity to show your stuff only an hour and 15 minutes long. Although we got there early and he had called all the kids that were on the sideline to join in on what he was finishing up with. So he, he did run a little harder and longer than most, but, um, you know, I was just in awe really. But then at the same point, kind of pushing him a little bit, like, no, no, you can't just, you know, stop now. Like, like he was doing fine when I was at a distance. So the fact that I was within, you know, range made me wonder if it was just, you know, him looking for some mom support, you know. (laughs) So I had already made the mental determination that we were going to lay low and not do anything else for the duration of the weekend and just rest up. And, you know, I thought, what difference does an extra half an hour make? I mean, so (laughs) long story short, who knows? We haven't seen any results yet as to whether he made this team or not. But, um, also coinciding with this, by the way, the next hour after, so even after his tryouts were done, my son, my older son had his tryouts to follow. And, um, and again, so they mixed seventh graders all the way up through seniors in high school. And this is like the best kids in the state. And, um, the competition was fierce and he's on the lowest age end and he's one of the youngest in his grade. So he really was like truly probably the youngest person in the room at this point. And when I say like these kids were towering, I mean, he's like not even up to their shoulder kind of towering. So, and he's a tall kid. He's always been 99th percentile for his height. So, I mean, with the dad that was six foot five and, you know, (laughs) no doubt he's tall, but next to these you know, all these, a lot of these kids go on to play D1 schools. So this was like a big, uh, you know, if you follow basketball, you know, this was like a big one opportunity just to even go out and try. I was proud of just that, but like he was showing up. And the funny part was because like, you know, as kids grow, they all go through awkward stages and growth spurts and like not, not fully into their coordination. But, um, I was so impressed with this room full of kids. And this isn't just my kid. This was all the kids. I mean, there was kids that physically were not in good shape, but um, even they never quit. Um, the no quit attitude in this bunch in the room at that point, basically, was just overwhelming. And um, I mean, us adults could take notes because they all had something to prove and they weren't going to be shown up by the next guy. And the coach didn't even have to give that speech. I've been to tryouts before where coaches sort of give the, like, look to your right, look to your left. These aren't your friends. They're not going to be there tomorrow kind of speeches. You know, one of you's going to go, so it's your competition. They didn't pit them against each other. They talked about teamwork, and they didn't actually even talk about the fact it was a tryout, like, at all that I heard. It was like, let's just go play some basketball and get better. And these kids were like, 
you know, his mentality was all about you work until, you know, you feel like jello, basically. By the time you leave, you should feel like jello. Well, just to give you the, you know, what was going on behind the scenes, he was jello when he came in. <laughs> you know, he was also like probably immune system fighting what he had been exposed to, had been running hard like all week with tryouts and games and, um, and yet still, you know, and not sleeping because like, you know, our schedule has just been so bonkers lately, but he also is a toothpick. So when he was like saying, you know, by the time you leave, you should feel like jello or, a, you know, spaghetti or whatever, you know, like literally a limp noodle. Um, he kind of is a limp noodle going in. Like he is literally a dry stick of spaghetti, like skinny little tiny thing. So, um, you know, he was almost starting at a disadvantage, not having even like, you know, some of these, these boys were men. They had crossed the puberty line. They had full facial hair. They were adult men, young men, but men. And he was still quite the boy, but, um, but watching him, like, even when like, the legs would tremble and he couldn't hit the the spot that he was supposed to with his foot. Those feet kept moving. They were moving all over the place, but they were moving like foot fire moving fast, like just kept going. This, that drive to persevere and accomplish this goal that he had set for himself. So fast forward and now it is dinner time. And I'm thinking, man, like, I mean, I thought it was rough before, but they, you know, my youngest looked like he was fading into his soup, which I was making chicken soup for dinner just to give him like, you know, a little boost of like feel good energy. And it's usually one of his favorite meals, top three. And he's sitting there like falling into his soup, like tired. I was like, oh boy. So I go upstairs, I grab the thermometer and I take his temperature. Well, <laughs> would you believe the thermometer is broken? And so I'm like, what am I going to do here? This is a situation where I need to know what his temperature is. And so I took my temperature and I took my oldest son's temperature and they were the same. And so then I took his temperature and it was 10 degrees higher than both, both of ours. So I started to logic that out. Now, I know that my thermometer... I don't think it's a thermometer. I think my, my oldest and I tend to run low <laughs> anyway, but even if it was running as low as 95 degrees, right? 98.6 being normal, even if it was 95 degrees, that meant my youngest was at 105 degrees. And I, the memory like of that day started flashing in my brain of like, what did you put them through? Like they've been through the wrapper, you know, I mean, just keep staying there. You got this, like, come on, you only have a half hour left. Like all these things that came out of my mouth, I was just regretting and like thinking, oh gosh, what did I do? But, um, you know, so I said to him, I'm going to have to run to the store. I have to get a new thermometer and I need to get, uh, well, no, actually before that, even I went upstairs, obviously to get a fever reducer really fast to then discover that I didn't have any left. Um, the last time we were sick, we had used it all up except for a small 10 milliliter amount, which he was, he's at a weight where he's supposed to be at like 15 milliliters. So it wasn't even a full dose and it was expired. So it's probably even weaker. <laughs> and I'm like, this is, well, how is this happening right now? You know? So I, hop in my, well, before I hop in the car, then I hear him making noise. It turns out he threw up. Can you imagine? So like this has now full on spiraled into a, like a sickness. And, um, 
I mean, it already was a sickness, but I was unaware. And now we are in a full panic pretty much. So get him all tucked into bed, run to the store, which is closed. Of course, pharmacies aren't open that late on a Sunday. I think it was a Sunday night at this point. Uh, anyway, I'm losing track of days, but it was of the time of evening they were closed. And the grocery store was um, not having anything. The, shore, the uh, shelves were pretty much cleared off and there was only like symptom reducers like for stuffy noses and sore throats but not fever reducers for kids so i'm like what on earth so the i find in the one little corner now well let me just tell you at this moment in time mindset flashed through my mind of like you are spiraling and when things start happening in clusters of bad things in a in a bunch like that start evaluating like, where is your head right now? And I was in panic and stress mode, totally freaked out about my kid. Guilt, which is the lowest vibration, pretty much, like just feeling terrible about what I had done and pushed him through and all that stuff. So all these low vibrational energies, total garbage place mindset wise. And I was attracting more garbage by the second. So I was like, oh, just let it go. Like I made the conscious choice. I remember in the aisle of just being like, let it go. You're going to do your best. You're going to go grab some soups off the shelf and popsicles and whatever you, you know, you think you're going to need for tomorrow because you're in for a day probably and get what you need. And then we're going to take it one second at a time. And would you know, I look in the corner of the shelves and there is a chewable. Now, granted, it wasn't my ideal what I wanted to get but it worked for his age and it was there and available. So just my mindset shift was like so important. Uh, there is a reason guys, this story is taking so long, but um, so I get home, um, I check in on him, gave him some of those lovely, you know, medicines to make you be able to breathe better and stuff. And like, he was like, thank you, mom, <laughs> barely awake, you know? Um, and it was okay. Put him to bed, let him get the rest. And in his fever broke by morning, he was great. Um, actually probably ready to go back to school, which is crazy to even say, but he was like a hundred percent, except he still, he doesn't like to, um, because the night before he got sick, he was like afraid to cough anything out, afraid that it was because last time that's what inspired him to feel yucky. So, and he didn't want to do that again. So he was holding it in, which when you're not clearing and not getting a productive cough, the stuff just kind of sits in there. So that was bad, but made it so he basically had lost his voice. I held him home for another day anyway, but my, no, two days after that. So, but anyway, my story being that it was all okay. And also, so there's a mindset lesson in this in a big way, right? We know this. It's not something new. It's something we know already that we need to keep our head out of the gutter because when it's stuck there, the gutter will happen. If that's what you're expecting, that's what will be. And if you start to just see the light a little bit, let it roll, be okay. Good things will start to roll in. So that was beautiful, you know, seeing lessons in action there. I love that. But then, <laughs> so there's this whole other aspect of what I want to talk about today and it's how do we even determine success? You know, so watching these kids at such a young age and like their inner drive, well, it was inspiring. Yes, of course. Um, but also it, it kind of lends to like wondering, is this generation being taught that success is like medals and money? Because sometimes I think so. Sometimes I think making the team and having like, you know, those type of successes is what they're being taught. 
And not that this is much different than my generation, because I think it's kind of how I was brought up as well. But I do think there's a, a better way of seeing things today that um, I'm hoping we can start getting into the minds of our youth so that we stop sort of identifying success as these wins. Um, you know, I, I learned more through my failures in life than my successes. Um, and I know that's not a new idea, but it's so very true that that was the only way I was able to see what didn't work in order to better grasp what did. You know what I mean? Like it was through those failures where I could better see the clearer picture of how to get the win, <laughs> you know? So it's like failures aren't all bad. I actually sort of relish in it a bit now when I get something that doesn't go my way because there's like clues and answers in there that I didn't have before and I'm closer now to my goal. And so I was also recently thinking about a business group that I'm a part of and how all of their success determinations and wins that they want people posting about and stuff, they're all financial. You know, I mean, they say it's not like, make sure you post anything that's a, a win and a success, but it's like person after person over like, closed this many deals, had this, that. And it's like, it's a lot about business, you know? <laughs> and then it occurred to me, I, um, I was actually, of all things, running a promotion. So I was just about to let people know about how they could join my program um, stick around because at the break, I'll, I'll make a mention of what I'm doing. But, um, when I posted just saying like, who wants more information on what I'm up to? I'm excited about something. That's all I said was like, I've got some exciting news. Can't wait to tell you guys, if anybody is like me and, you know, doesn't want to miss it, just make sure to, you know, ask to be tagged down in the comments. And I'll make sure when I drop my post that I tag you so you don't miss my announcement. The announcements that rolled in changed my world. First off, I realized how valued that I was, which is big. Like, I mean, you shouldn't have to hear it from people to know your value. But um, I think especially in the business world I'm in right now, helping people who are grieving, um, every day I'm hearing a lot of the challenges and, and the tough things people are going through and, you know, the bad days because they lean on a support type group for support. Um, but you don't often hear that, your words are inspiring me or helping me. So I didn't know sometimes if it was like falling on deaf ears. And so ironically enough, like starting around Thanksgiving, well, we had COVID then and like everybody was sick and then the holidays and then Christmas and New Year's and Valentine's Day is a big one for our family. I think I, I mentioned last week about, you know, the loss of my husband and, and that anniversary and Valentine's Day. And then the day we started dating all those many moons ago. But, um, you know, there's so many things that my promotions and things got interfered with and my reach outs to people like sort of sagged a bit everything was kind of like not going well not, not going well but you know like I wasn't bringing in a whole bunch of new business put it that way but I wasn't really reaching out to get the business either I was kind of just existing in surviving mode <laughs> so um it was when I just started I was hadn't even announced the promotion yet I just started thinking about it and all these comments rolled in. And ironically enough, whatever it was that I said or my tone or my picture, people thought I was leaving. They were like, no, don't go anywhere. We need you. Uh, there's so much good coming out of this. And like, it was an overwhelming sentiment of like support and love for what I'm doing and that what I'm doing is helping and changing lives. And then I remembered how many things over the last few months when I wasn't financially driven, when I was just supporting and helping 
How many people said things to me like, this has changed my life. Thank you. I needed this. I couldn't have done that without this. And that is when I realized I have been the most successful in my business the last few months than I have ever been in my company. Even when I was taking in, you know, double or triple the amount of like, cause I wasn't bringing in anything. So it wasn't take much, you know, I wasn't really financially achieving anything. But in comparison to a month where I financially achieved really well compared to that, I had had more success in helping people in the time when the financial reward wasn't there. And whoa, does that take you back, right? I mean, it made me reevaluate everything about how I had really determined in my own life what equaled success. Does that make sense? Like it made me really just look at the definition of it all over again. Like, man, I thought I haven't been successful lately, you know, and, and really I had been so successful. And so then I started to think, well, if truly like this feels more successful to me, why do we put so much value on awards and, you know, and even like numbers and like, you know, cause even in my husband's world, it was like, you know, loans, how many loans you're closing and how many dollars you're making for the business. And, um, and in my line of work with as a physical therapist, again, it was productivity driven and, you know, all that stuff. And like within this new business model I'm in, it was all about, you know, celebrating these successful, like new group member numbers and, um, you know, wins within like launching your first ads and wins as far as dollars earned and wins as far as new employees hired and business growth. But man, had my business grown and I didn't even see it because it wasn't a number. It wasn't a stat. It wasn't in any of my, you know, CRMs or whatever. It wasn't, it wasn't on a piece of paper. It was just people. (laughs) It was the thing we should value above everything else. It was people saying the impact I had had over them. And wow, if you start to identify your successes in life as the impact you've had on others, how successful have you been? (laughs) So with that food for thought, I'm going to take a quick break and then I'll come right back, guys. Don't go anywhere. So as promised, information on what I am doing to help the grieving, I have a program that is called Lost Just Sucks. Grief doesn't have to. It's a healing accelerator. And the reason I call it that is because it surprises even myself every time around when somebody goes through the program from start to finish, just how quickly they're feeling better. So much so that now I'm at the point where I will be doing some research to prove some of my methods and to um, be able to validate some of this stuff with scientific evidence-based research. And um, so, yeah, I am actually even opening up to the members that are current clients um, to be able to be a part of some studies that I have coming up. And anybody that joins my program soon will also have that extended to them as well. So there's really no better time to be joining in on what I'm doing. Um, Actually, about an hour before I started this podcast, I just graduated out one of my um, other clients and I asked him, I always do a little like testimonial piece at the end to just kind of say, hey, did this program work for you? Are you glad you spent the money? Because, you know, it's, I want to know if I'm charging correctly. I want to know if you're feeling value in it. 
And his his saying was, well, one, first of all, he, he flat out said, you get out what you put in. And I absolutely, um, he thought that it was priced right. He said, if you, if you charge nothing, people get nothing. And I thought that was a beautiful thing because I'm always saying that. But, um, but then he also said, when I asked him how he was feeling, you know, from beginning to end or whatever, I said, where would you rate it now? Like on a, on a scale, you know, where are you? Because he was even saying in air quotes, like people always say, oh, I'm fine. And so he said to me that not only was he not just fine, he was between good and great. And that is in a 10 week program, guys. So this is with people who have had major loss and are looking for major transformation. If you want more information, I can be reached at heather at canyoucurecancer.com and I will answer any questions that you have. And if you want to work with me, just give me a reach out. All right, back to the show. So I know that both of my kids' schools, well, they're in different schools now just because one's in elementary and one's in middle school, but um, their grading system is not like when we were kids. You know, we were given the whole A, B, C, D, and F rating (laughs) with some pluses and minuses mixed in there. And now it's like, you gotta go to school just to learn these methods. It's like, wait a minute, what's a C again? And then is that consistent? Or is that where they're like, there's a whole consistent often all this thing but then there's also a grading scale on what what do they have they call those um shoot there's a name for them oh competencies competencies so they call them based on like if there's perseverance if there is organization if there um is time management skills so they're looking more at like life lessons, life, um, you know, scaled things like how, how well are they actually sort of doing the the things that matter? Um, and I used to be really frustrated with this grading system and why, I mean, let's go back to what I've just been talking about in past weeks, but subconsciously I have a programmed brain here who, who likes to see things in the light of something that I can grasp easily and understand. I know what an A student versus a D student is, you know, performing like. And I had no idea how to gauge whether my children were doing well or not based on this new way. And it's funny that now I can see it. And it took me a while. I mean, a long while. I've been dealing with this for seven, eight years now, this way of grading. And only now am I finally really sort of embracing it because I see it for what it is. This is no longer a like, you know, you're a perfect student or you're failing kind of model. It's more like, I mean, yeah, is it, are they working towards like achieving a goal? Are they actually at the goal or are they above and beyond? Yeah, there's that. But they're also looking at like someone's inner beauty and like their drive and their personal determination and like the grit and the stuff that actually matters in real world, the stuff that will actually translate more into somebody with the, you know, the moxie, you know, to get there. And, and that's cool, right? Like, I mean, this is really a beautiful thing that we should celebrate that schools, that's more of a norm now to have that grading system and to see that. I mean, and granted, we don't all get our you know, we can look and see their 4.0 or whatever, know that they're a top student and it's a little confusing and it takes a bit of time to get used to. But I mean, it does look at the whole person a little more well-roundedly. I'm making that word up probably, but you know what I mean? It's just, it's nice to see this whole bigger, broader picture because sometimes you might have a child who 
they go and they go and if they fail they get up and if they you know don't see the way then they find a new way and they just keep going at it but yet they never get that beautiful end product necessarily that Susie sitting next to them in class did in under an hour but it's got to count for something right <laughs> because sure like it came easily and and a little more simply maybe to Susie but if your child is showing that they will find a way one way or the other I know whether if I'm a college or, or a future employer or whatever that matters <laughs> you know and and I do think for these kids as they're learning this new system they're not going to see themselves as a failure they're not going to see themselves as the perfect student and I think losing those labels is going to actually help our society largely you know maybe not right away because of course this generation is still being taught by our generation who still has that subconscious programming and it's passing on and because we've kind of been huffy about the way it is and are we passing that on to our kids sure it'll take a while before this shakes out totally but um it is a beautiful thing to like not have it in a kid's head that they're some failure you know because literally the f on the paper says so um as a matter of fact, I don't think I ever see, even though they have this sort of grading system that we see now, even if it's not A, B, C, D, F, um, we don't ever see what that grade is on the paper that comes home. I might see a big correct mark or check mark or something to that effect. Usually what I see is just the little corrections and connotations and things to sort of help veer them from the things they did wrong or show them where you know what I mean? Like it's done in a different ink color and it's been corrected on the page. But um, it's nice, I think, for kids to not continuously have it shoved in their face that they're a check minus. <laughs> you know, I mean, talk about where does our lack come from? This whole like, why are we all so focused on lack and not all the beautiful gratitude in our lives? I mean, do you think just maybe it's because from the time we're in kindergarten, preschool, maybe even before that, we're being judged like with check minus or a plus it's like already throwing you into a category you're enough you're not enough you're lacking you're great <laughs> you know it's like wow and maybe even back in the day they did the gold star versus a blue star versus a you don't even get a star <laughs> but I mean this it adds up in the collective mindscape of am I good enough am I enough I mean we're all enough it's just we're different and so finding a way to evaluate people is important because I still think some people have that sort of sloth tendency to be lazy and to not give their all even when they're capable of more. And some people have, again, that inner determination and grit that needs to be acknowledged. So I do think we still need to have a scale of, of sorts to be able to say, here's somebody who's being successful and here's somebody who needs to pick it up a bit and I think we all need that accountability because you know we can't just sit on our butts on the couch and expect big things to happen for sure um all the while I think that if nobody's ever commending the good that you are doing that positive reward system is so much more powerful in my experience than the negative one Anytime I've ever seen it fully at play, now this is with my own kids and I know everybody's different, but with my children, if I gave them a punishment, of course it had an impact. Uh, but when I gave them a reward for the good behavior, I would see like a week worth 
of good behavior to follow because they wanted to earn more prizes. They wanted to get more kudos. They were excited about, you know, whatever they just received. Uh, even if it's just powerful words and hugs and acknowledgement and cheers or whatever, like they, they fed off of that. Um, and like my oldest, especially I could scream in his face. It wouldn't matter. It almost like rolls off him. That doesn't bother him quite the same. I mean, now that like, you know, as he's hitting like close to teen years here, like we are at a point where, yeah, it, I mean, losing something that's of super importance. Like if you take an electronic or a phone or something from a kid, they certainly respond to that. But do they respond with the way that you want? I mean, I don't know. Like, I think that, yeah, it might curb, like it might make them think first, but like, that positive reward system, like it's just so um, underestimated. It's a powerful tool because if we only had had that right in our zero to seven when our brains were all pliable and putty like I've talked about in other episodes, um, think about how different we would be today. So yeah, I think it's big if we can just continue to be like, wow, you are amazing. When you see something, even if it's the smallest glimmer, make a big deal about it. And I think sometimes we forget to do that because we're so busy and then it's easier to react than to, you know, start off by like sort of setting the stage for a more successful win. We instead react when we get the loss, you know, if that makes sense. It's just, I like the idea of um, being ahead of it, you know, not waiting until the failure happens to then be upset about it but instead be like really impressed along the way when we show up and rise. And I'm going to tell you, this mama, wow, the pride that I'm feeling about my children after this weekend, knowing how garbagey they felt and what they still accomplished. Like I'm making a video for them. (laughs) Might sound stupid to some of you, but like I want them to know I saw you. I saw that effort you put in. And I'm doing this before I've even heard back whether they made a team, even if they did not. They deserve to in my book because they had heart of like warriors out there. I mean, my little one, like I can't imagine because I got a little wave the other night of just like a little exhaustion from this whole thing. I think my body's trying to fight it too. And I couldn't get off the couch, let alone being doing foot fire and burpees or whatever the heck he had him doing and like push-ups and I mean, his, their scrawny little arms could barely even hold their body weight in a plank, let alone doing all the push-ups they were doing, you know? And they did it right alongside, like, you know, for my third grader, right up next to sixth graders. And for my seventh grader, right next to, like, seniors in high school. Now, you got to think, too, if these kids are seniors, some of them are in an extended year, right? They're they're doing their, um, what do you call it, like, prep year. So... These are kids that are potentially like 19 years old he's standing next to. And, you know, his 12-year-old prepubescent self was like, I don't care. I'm not going to look bad. I've got this. Like, he didn't even hesitate. He didn't even have one moment of nerves that he communicated or that was able to be seen. You know, like, he grabbed a ball as soon as they gave him the okay that he could grab one and just join the group. And he fired it up. I mean, (laughs) some of you right now are smiling because I know some of you that listen to this podcast know my son. Um, 
I always have jokingly said, especially like as he was little and developing, he has the fire and like the drive and the, you know, that intensity of a Kevin Garnett, if anybody listens to uh, basketball. He's like one of those athletes who's just like, ah, you know, <laughs> crazy, like in the best possible way. But in like Pee Wee Herman's body, you know what I mean? Like, like very skinny, kind of awkward still, like <laughs> not there yet, but but you can come into that. You can grow into your body. You can develop your muscles as you get older. But that inner grit, like that is at, at the foundation of who he is. That is the inner stuff that you, it's either in there or it's not. And once, when you have somebody who's got it, like the stars, the limits, you know, I mean, like this, it's just awesome. It's exciting. And, um, and it just inspired my talk today because... I wasn't, I'm, I'm as excited about both of my kids right now for them showing up in the way they did for the tryouts more so. Well, I don't know, maybe equally if I'm being totally honest, because I think I'll be over the moon for them if they do make a team. But even as much as if I saw their names on a list for making a team of that caliber, like just as excited because that tells me they're going to get there, whether they get there this year, next year, whatever, they're going to get there. Um, you know, and with that kind of determination, I'm sure they're going to get there sooner than most. So think of it from that perspective. Next time you're pushing for that end goal so hard, pushing, 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 which I don't think it has to be a push. It shouldn't be so much work in that sense. Like if it's that much of a struggle, then you might be taking the wrong road. (laughs) There might be an easier path, but, um, you know, before you like determine your, your success just fully based on whether or not you got that boulder to the top of the mountain. Take a look at whether the boulder at the top of the mountain is really the pinnacle of success. Is that really what you are aiming for to feel good? Because I would have told you if somebody said, well, well, how would you know if you're successful? Oh, well, you know, having 10 grand month, 10 grand months in my business, 20 grand months, 30 grand months, whatever. You can take any number. It doesn't matter and say, oh, well, if I was making that, well, then I would feel successful. But really, would you? Because if I was making that, let's just say I was making a million dollars a month. Even if you're making a million dollars a month, If the people inside that program come out the other side and they're still crying in their soup, they're still not getting out of their pajamas in the morning, they're still, you know, on that roller coaster of grief and, you know, not doing better than when they came in, then am I really successful? So I'm making a lot of money. I'm not successful. I'm a grief coach. My success is determined based upon the people that I help move from a place of heavy grief into a place of a much better mindset, a easier time maneuvering through their days, and a flattened curve of like these roller coaster spikes and divots and whatever. Like to me, those are my measures of success. And I have it in dividends. I've hit that. You know what I mean? Like it has not been a question. It's been going on for some time in my business. So the fact that I still hadn't felt like I had hit my success or my, you know, my extreme of success that I really wanted to hit is crazy. Of course, guys, I get it that the, the icing on the cake is when you can have both, right? When you can have the financial reward for helping people or for doing your job to the best, right? Like to, so like if I was getting paid to do what I'm doing, then of course, would that be even shinier? Yes, sure. But 
even more so if I had these two parts, either big financial reward or big emotional reward. And if I, I said like, well, you can only have one. Well, for me, it's a, it's a no-brainer. It's helping people feeling better, right? So if that's the case, then I've already gotten there. And then once I start realizing I'm already there, then my mindset is I'm a successful person. And if I'm a success, why am I so stuttery today? Sorry, if I think it's the, just the words I'm choosing, successful. <laughs> if I'm a successful person though, right here and now, and I already know that as truth, that I am already hugely successful, how much easier is it to act as if and to then attract more success into my life? And then there goes your bank account. There goes all the success in the financial way that you've been looking for. If you can realize that you're already there from hitting all these other tangible goals that were actually even more impactful, right? Making somebody feel good or whatever. So let's say at your job, like you could be like, well, that doesn't apply to what I do. You're a coach. Well, okay. So maybe you stock shelves at Walmart for a living. It doesn't matter what you do. If you're stocking shelves, right? In a department store and you know, you look over and Emily is like rubbing her arm because, you know, her arm's sore or whatever, and you offer to help her and you pick up a few boxes. And at the end of that shift, she walks over to you and says, I, you just saved me. I can't afford to lose this job. And your help just meant everything to me. Does that not make you feel successful? And then maybe your boss says to you, Hey, I, I noticed you pitching in and helping so-and-so out a bit. I'm really proud of you. Well, doesn't that mean you're successfully doing your job? You're impressing your boss? And then guess what's going to happen when somebody's up for a raise? They're going to notice you. And there comes that attracted financial reward that you maybe were shooting for. You know, but if you had never even stopped to recognize, hey, you know what? I am a great employee. You know what? I do show up early. I do pitch in when there's extra work to be done without being asked. I am the first guy to always offer to, you know, empty the trash, even though it's not part of my responsibility, whatever it is, like you're going above and beyond. I'm, I am a valuable, um, employee who is killing it at my job. And the second that your mentality is there, the financial reward follows. So I just think that that's a real tangible way to look at it. Tangible. That's not the word I was looking for. It's just a really like, (laughs) that's not what I meant to say. Boy, maybe this illness is going to hit mama too. (laughs) I hope not. But what I'm trying to say is it's it's a way that you can actually visualize it and see it in real working order that this isn't just some woo-woo of mindset. Um, there's a reason why this podcast is about mind, body, and spirit and overall health. And yet I'm talking about financial gains and I'm talking about how we identify success and all this stuff. It's because it's all tied into our feel-good you know, in our body, when you think about the amygdala, when you think about the hippocampus, when you think about the brain and how all the different chemicals and things are put out and what keeps us healthy and well, well, some of it has to do, a lot of it has to do with our mindset and, um, and having all that in the right place, because then it makes the other parts grow. It makes the other parts healthy. You know, like you, you can't expect to have your heart rate right and good if it, your heart's racing because your mind is worried. And and so, yeah, I see big connection within these, you know, different areas of health. But um, I think so much of it, I always say that mindset is at the foundation. If you don't get the mindset right first, it's like trying to build a house on a crooked foundation 
and it's just that's not going to lend to a home I want to live in. <laughs> so let's keep your mind in the right place. And I'm just so grateful eternally. This podcast is no different. I feel like I am successful because of all of you and how much it's grown and how much it's not just about the growth or how many people listen, but it's the fact that many of you that listen have been coming back. And so to me, that's what makes me feel successful. If I'm really defining success of a podcast, it's not how many people listen once. It's how many people keep listening again and again, how many people consistently want to come back because they got something out of it. And so for each and every one of you who have listened to this or additional episodes, I thank you from the bottom of my heart for helping me to be successful. So have a great day, guys, and thank you so much.